0: Thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our truth partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a truth partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth. And thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life.
1: Go to 2 Corinthians with me today, chapter 5. And we will begin talking about this subject. The question I'm going to ask you this morning is this. Who are you? When you got saved, God began a identity reconstruction project you came with a certain identity some of you have more than one identity you have like a lot of identities you've met people with many personalities for example and then you've met people with no personality so when you come to Jesus he begins a reconstruction a restoration process where he begins to give you back your divine identity. There are many identities you can adopt and many identities you can choose. Many types of people you can want to be a part of. But at the end of the day, God cannot bless any identity separate from the one he has for you. So let's say you choose an identity. God can't just bless what you choose. God can bless his image in you. God cannot bless Satan's image in you. He cannot bless your mother's image of you in you. He cannot bless any identity that is not born in divinity from that cross. So when you come, when you come to Jesus, you come with a tortured, twisted, false, fake, Lying identity. If you don't get healed from that, you can never be who God wants you to be. So the first thing that God does is he begins to heal you of the lying identities that have been given to you when you were innocent, impressionable, when you had no ability to decide for yourself, to understand for yourself, to make conclusions for yourself, to analyze and study and speculate and reason for yourself. When you were little and being trained and taught, many things were said to you about you that you accepted. These formed in you limitations.
0: Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our Truth Partners. If you're interested in being a Truth Partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select Truth Partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you. It's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the Word.
1: They formed in you ideas of restricted living. They formed in you All types of fences that say to you, you can never be that because you are this. You can never do that because this is who you are. This is how you were born. This is what your mother said. This is what your friends say. And worst of all, this is what you believe about yourself. So when God comes and you come to church and you listen to the word of God, You are choosing a definer. When you listen to horror movies and watch them or read books that have great amounts of tortured people and you identify with that and you say, that's who I am, you are placing on yourself limitations that God may not be able to break through if you don't give him the chance to break through them. Because right now, you are the product of your identity. Right now, you can only achieve what you believe about yourself. You cannot be greater than your identity. Your identity is everything. And if you don't get your identity from God, you have to get it somewhere. And that identity gathering that you do every day of your life and you've done since you were able to think has now formed in you a particular person. Your personality is the fruit of what you believe about yourself. You're not crazy by accident. You're crazy by design. You do not allow people to treat you the way you do unless you believe you're worthy of that kind of treatment. For example, no woman of God who knows who she is would ever allow any man to mistreat her. It's not, you're simply not capable of doing it. No man of God who knows who he is, this is absence of arrogance, vanity, and pride. This is strictly based on the word of God and what God thinks about you. Would ever allow anyone to reduce him to a state lower than the victory of Calvary and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You do bad things because you are committed to your badness. When you begin to learn where your identity comes from, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. If you don't think much of yourself, you're going to be a magnet to people who do not think much of you. If you think what God thinks about you, you're going to be a magnet For people who think about you what God thinks about you. Your identity then is also your factory of truth. It produces the beliefs you're going to have and pass on to your children. If you don't like yourself, it's going to be evident to your children That you have an identity problem which you will then pass on to them through verbal abuse. Through violent behavior. Through days of depression. Days of unhappiness. Through criticism, complaining, and fault finding of all their behavior. This is your identity talking to them. So when God finds you, he says, let's begin to repair your idea of yourself so that one day you can stand before mankind knowing who you are in Christ, knowing the power of that cross and what it did, and being able to tell the whole world, I was this, but I am now this. I was lost, but I'm now found. I was blind, but now I can see. I was bound, but now I am free. I was unhappy, but now I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I was hated. I did hate myself, but now God loves me. Without bias, unconditionally, before I was even saved, I was given value and worth at Calvary. Because of the payment God paid for me, my value was established for all eternity. God paid for me with Jesus. Jesus is God. Therefore, my value is the price that was paid. And Jesus is the price that was paid. Jesus is God. So God paid for me with himself and therefore declared that for all of eternity, I am worth what God is worth to himself without doing one single thing. Can anybody act like you're saved and shout a little bit? and say, that's what I'm talking about. You're raising children, you're giving them identities with your language, with your physical affection, with how you talk about them, with how you talk about your husband in front of them, how you talk about your wife in front of them, what things you watch, what beliefs you have, how much of the Bible do you read, how much of Jesus do you have, Who is it that they believe you admire by the amount of time you spend listening to things on TV? Who is it that you are subliminally telling your children, this is where I get my beliefs. This is where I get my identity by listening to these people for hours and hours tell me about all the rotten things there are in the world. And that transfers to them. That must be something I can connect to to find out who I am. Is extremely dangerous. So far, you've lived however many years, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, however many years, and you have been living under an identity. Where do identities come from? Which identities can you trust? Because remember, every identity produces a life harvest of circumstances and consequences. Hallelujah. The first place people get identity is DNA turn around and look at everybody's face. Just look around. You have big noses, little noses, giant ears, no ears, lots of teeth, no teeth, lots of hair, no hair, DNA. Nowhere did you say to someone or in no place did you say, I would like to have hair all my life. You weren't given that right. You were just given the genes. At a certain age, you look in the mirror, and hair is falling out. You go, oh, my gosh, my hair is falling out. Suddenly, your teeth crash into each other, shooting out of your gums in all directions, or never showing up at all, like your teeth never showed up. You're missing 10 teeth. Genetics, DNA. Temperament. You're born with this temperament. Desires. You have certain desires to do certain things and be a certain person. Urges, impulses. And if you're not careful, what you're going to do is decide you are your DNA. But what mankind doesn't understand that has to be taught to them, as well as you as a believer is that your DNA is a lie because you did not pick it. It was given to you by other people who had it before you had it. They did crazy things, and now you want to do crazy things. And if you decide, I am what I feel, I am what I desire, I am my urges, I am my impulses, then there's no hope for you to ever become more than what your DNA is. But there is a place called Calvary. And at Calvary... At Calvary, Jesus was nailed to the cross in your place. And he said, Let me take your DNA. Let me take your Adamic nature your sinful nature. Let me take the drunk in you, the liar in you, the glutton in you. Let me take the insecure person, the fearful person, the doubting person. Let me take the broken person, the hurting person, the shy person, and let me nail it to that tree with me and let me in its place give you a divine nature, a new nature, a nature that comes from me, love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, self-control, self-discipline and humility. Let me give you my DNA and make you royal through adoption and give you the power by feeding that DNA, the righteous DNA. Let me give you that power to become new people, amazing people, fabulous people, and let me blow the minds of the entire world by making you a sign and a wonder and a walking miracle to the whole world, even though you you came from a dump. You came from thieves, you came from liars, you came from alcoholics, but you've got to decide. Where is your God-given identity going to come from? Your parents are not going to help you. They may be more messed up than you. Nor will your grandparents, great-grandparents. Nobody. Satan's job is to confuse you Identity-wise, he wants you to not know who you are. Because once you know who you are, all of the blessings of who you are or all of the curses, who you choose to believe you are, come with that choice. Once you decide you are a living, walking powerhouse of potential in God and that all you have to do is feed the Jesus in you, feed the DNA in you of divine nature and that all the potential of Calvary's victory can shoot out of your mind, shoot out of your body, shoot out of your personality and shoot out of your achievements, all of a sudden you're no longer confined to the defining of your DNA. You are now bigger than your parents' DNA and your grandparents' DNA that you don't want anyway. (laughs) Nobody can have that Only people that believe and are born again. Otherwise, you're going to keep what you got. And live with its misery and suffering. Hallelujah. DNA is a big deal. Say it with me. I am not who I was born with. I am who Jesus purchased for me. A new DNA is available. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Everything becomes new. Since you were little, you have been identity hunting. You've been looking for identities to adopt. When I was growing up as a little kid, my first identity I adopted was Wyatt Earp. I said, "Mom, I'm Wyatt Earp. I need those guns." She bought me double guns with white things on there with the caps in them. Pa, 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 and I was Wyatt Earp for a season. Then Dracula came along. I said, "I am Dracula. I am a vampire." But she wouldn't agree with that. She said, "No." So I privately would get a towel, wrap it around me, and run through the alleys, (laughs) showing my fangs. Then I really got in trouble when Tarzan came along. On a Saturday, I'm watching Tarzan. He's swinging through the vines, he's got a knife in his mouth. A spear in his hand, he's swinging with a leopard mini thing, and I said to myself, "Where am I going to get that leopard thing?" And I look into my mother's wardrobe, and I saw inside the plastic a black coat, it looked like panther, and I tore the plastic off. I looked inside, and inside was leopard lining. So I got the scissors. And cut out that. Identity is very powerful. I dug holes in there, put it in, tied it however I did, whatever. And I just had that little leopard, no shirt, nothing. I'm five, six, seven, something like that, five. I said, where do I get a spear? I got the broom, broke the head, got a, a knife, tied it around the thing. Got a butter knife, put it in my mouth. Then I said, how am I going to swing from vines? I went outside. I got the water hose. There's a tree in front of our yard, and it hung over the street. So I tied it up, and then I would swing in front of the cars and just swing. (laughs) Nothing going on in here except the the leper thing, you know. I'm a little kid. (laughs) You know, it was a sight. But never did it enter my mind that there are consequences for the identity you choose. I'm swinging, my mother comes, I see her, she sees me, I feel death, I jump off, I go and lock myself in the bathroom. And you will find, ladies and gentlemen, that every false identity that you choose is going to put you in some kind of prison. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out of bondage. I'm coming out of slavery. And I'm coming out of every lying identity that Satan or any other person has ever tried to put on me. Because the second place you get your identity is from people in your life. Parents. People that raised you, teachers, and most of all, your friends. When they gave you that first cigarette, they were giving you an identity. When they said, let's smoke pot, they were giving you an identity. When they said, take this heroin or cocaine, they were giving you an identity. When they said to you, let's have some halahala, they were giving you an identity. Because only when your identity is low will you do low. When your identity is high, you will not let anybody treat you low. It's when they tell you this is all you are and you believe it that you allow them to treat you in a way that is degrading, immoral, and wretched. You're not going to find a godly woman who knows who she is allowing anybody to treat her like trash, to talk to her like that. No godly man is going to treat any woman in any way other than in a sacred way, not because of who she is first, but because of who he is first. He will not allow himself to mistreat a woman. This is why the churches that still treat women like second-class citizens are under a deceived identity of what God wants in church. Because ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as in any family, the family is only as strong as the father and the mother. Unless it's a single home, then God has to become the missing parent. But in a full family... You need the voice of a father, and you need the voice of a mother. You are not going to have healthy children if the only person talking to your children is the father or just the mother in that kind of a family. If you're a single parent, then God gives you special graces to fill in those missing things. But identity comes from it all. It's like being rejected as a child. Your identity Starts to be formed. Oh, I must be no good. My father left. Oh, I must be worthless. My father just abused me. Who are you? What do you believe about yourself? And who told you that was true? And why do you believe it? Because we are in the midst Of an identity miracle. Turn to someone and say, I am becoming amazing. Tell everybody around you. Tell at least three people. I don't know about you, but me? I am becoming amazing. Grace, how sweet. I'm becoming amazing. Huh? You're being formed by the hand of God if you let him. Your identity, once accepted, is the factory of your truth. Once you say, I am so-and-so and I deserve this, your identity has just... Separated you from the identity of humility. Humble people don't think they deserve everything. Humble people believe they deserve to bless everybody. They don't walk around like kings and queens, they're foot washers. They say the highest identity I can have is to wash people's feet with my gift, with my abilities with my intellect, with the water God has given me, with the truth, with affection, with love, with celebrating of them, by drawing them out of darkness into the marvelous light. Hallelujah. Don't be who people say you are if who they say you are isn't what God says you are. Reject it. Go to war against it. Deny it. And you can't get your identity from yourself, you are not reliable. Turn to somebody and say, you're not reliable. Go ahead and tell them, say you're a little crazy. <laughs> why would you trust yourself about yourself since you know you're crazy? See, that's right, that's pretty good. Yeah, right. I'm crazy. Well, why are you believing yourself if you're crazy? Well, let's, let's see how many mistakes have you made. How many people have you hurt? What is your potential for hurting people you love? Why would you rely on yourself? It's not a good place to find out who you really are. You're broken. You're wounded. And some of you are actually letting your wounds define who you are. Wounds have a voice, and wounds talk to you all day long. Pain has a very loud voice, and pain always lies. Because pain will make you the victim of planet Earth, and a victim cannot heal the sick. Cannot break chains, cannot set the captives free, cannot love the unlovable. A victim cannot be used by God to cast devils out of families and people, to build great things for God, to be used by Almighty God to accomplish great exploits, Only a mighty woman of God can do that. Only a mighty man of God can do that. You will keep yourself very low in the production of divinity. You need to look back on your life and say, look at what the Lord has done because I got out of the way with my crazy ideas of me. Can everybody wave your hands and say, get out of the way, you crazy person? (laughs) Well, think about it. How many decisions did you make this last week just based on fear? Well, I didn't tithe because fear. Oh, I didn't apologize because if I apologize, then they'll think I think it's my fault. And I want them to know, it's your fault. (laughs) Fear. How many people did you not tell Jesus about that God told you to talk to because you were afraid they might have a violent reaction? Because you are fear-led because it's your identity. Faith-led people don't do stuff like that. They just do what God tells them and let the chips fall where they may. But it so happens that the Holy Spirit is with you, and so people get saved. People get delivered. People get set free, and you wake up in the morning, and you say, wow, you are amazing, Lord. And I I got out of the way three times. I mean, I got in the way nine times, but I got out of the way three times. Three is better than nothing. Come on, everybody. It's a journey. You're not perfect overnight, but at least you're improving. So all of this identity stuff is very important because you have the forming of that identity by God. And let's look at what Jesus says about you in a few ways. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. So everybody say that out loud. I'm a new creature. Old things are passing away, and everything is becoming new. There's identity for everything. There's social identity. There's professional identity. There's political identity. There's generational identity. There's family identity. There is... um, all types of racial identity, many identities you can choose. Well, I come from here, I come from that, I come from that. And you can choose that if you want, but it's not the identity that God wants you to have. The identity God wants you to have is that you're unlimited and you are a living, walking hospital. Say that out loud. I am a hospital where the sick can come to be cured. Say it out loud. I am a medicine, not a poison. When people meet me, they get cured. They're not made sick. I am a chain breaker. When I meet somebody in bondage, their chains begin to rattle and begin to break. Tell the person next to you, I am a healer, I am a doctor. I am the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. I bring freedom, I bring joy, and I bring happiness to people. I do not tear them down, rip them apart, criticize them, accuse them, and destroy them verbally. I use my language to heal the brokenhearted. Give the Lord a big hand, everybody, and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Almighty God, for being the way you are. So identity then comes from what God says in his word about you. One, you're a new creature. Say it out loud. Two, you're created in God's image. Say that out loud. I'm created in God's image. So there's several images you can choose. The one God created you in. Or the one you create in, or the one others create for you. You gotta decide. The Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. What does this mean? How does this work? It's called imputed righteousness at the minute of salvation. As soon as you give your life to God, you are handed a gift called imputed righteousness. Meaning that because you're now in Christ, you are perfectly righteous before God without having done anything yet. And the reason this is important is because you're a mess. And in order to get your mess fixed experientially in habits and behavior... You need to get close enough to God where he can begin to rub off on you and you take what you have been given positionally and it translates into what you live experientially. So now your position becomes your possession. Your position becomes your lifestyle. Why? Because you're able to fellowship with God as a person that's still doing bad things because your behavior has not yet changed been converted. So say it, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're justified before God just as if you had never sinned. Say that out loud. I'm justified. You're redeemed from the curses of this world, even though you're still functioning under some of them. Positionally, they are broken. Now, as you learn and grow and mature, you learn how to come into agreement with the position you have through behavior. Now, the darkness in you begins to leave. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I am forgiven. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Say it out loud. I am forgiven. Tell everybody around you, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am am complete in Christ. Jesus has become my wisdom. My redemption, my sanctification, and my security. This is who you are positionally. From your position, you're able to have fellowship with God. And the act of intimacy with God translates to the changing of your behavior, which heals your identity If somebody calls you a witch, they're not necessarily lying <laughs> because your behavior may be witchy. But you need to know that whatever problem you have has an expiration date. And it's temporary. Make sure and mention that to the people who will never let you change. Say, I know I'm a little witchy. I'm a little witchy. Sometimes I get a little witchy. But it's temporary. The more I get close to Jesus, the less that little witchy is going to come out. Oh, I'm a bit of a liar. It's my nature. I'm a little bit of a liar, but it's temporary. It's temporary. The closer I get to God, he's going to carve that out of me. He's going to circumcise my heart until it's not able to tell a lie or exaggerate. Well, I'm a little shy. You know, I'm a little scared but it's temporary. There's an expiration date. As I walk with God, I'm going to walk right out of that fear and right out of that insecurity into the bold woman or bold man of God that I am supposed to be in Christ Jesus, in my divine identity, which is what I want. That is who I want to be. I don't want to be enslaved to my past identities that I have gathered from all the different people i picked pieces from. I do my hair like her. I do my clothes like that. I walk like that. I wear this. I act like that. We're all just imitations because of hopelessness. There is a you that is perfectly lovable by all the right people. If you want love from the wrong people, you're never going to get it. Look at each other and say, holla, holla, baby. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I want to encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.